Yeah. Man, I've got, I've got some mad dancing skills. How many of you guys were a little bit weirded out by that whole video? Um, how you guys doing? Everybody good? Merry Christmas and all that stuff. Everybody good tonight? Yeah? Sweet. Hey, you only got a couple more weeks before school's out. You just got to buckle down and all that stuff. All right. Hey, we're getting ready to start a brand new series tonight called Self on the Shelf. And uh, if that video didn't weird you out, then maybe the whole logo for the series will. Um, so this whole series, and I'm sure a lot of you guys by now are familiar with the whole thing. It's almost become kind of a tradition now. It's become really popular called Elf on the Shelf, right? How many of you guys have seen that or you own one and you sleep with it or something weird? So get this. Now, I was looking, I was looking this week at um, this whole Elf on the Shelf thing and I found out that this thing has, um, I mean, it's obviously blown up over the last couple of years. Now it's insane. They've got movies and um, you can buy ornaments and just, I mean, American commercialism is at its finest when it comes to this because it's just on everything. And so they actually have sold over four million of these elves um, for this. And so here's our little elf and uh, we named him Michael Bolton. Uh, how many of you guys, you probably don't even know who Michael Bolton is. Yes. Hannah Walker knows who Michael Bolton is, and all of the leaders. So there's a little bit of it. We'll, we'll come up with a different, cooler name. So this is, our, this is our elf, Michael Bolton. And so this whole thing has blown up. And it actually started just up the road in Marietta. And some ladies were like, hey, let's, th- this is a tradition that we've had, so let's make this even better, and we could make a, uh, a little bit of money off of it. And so that's exactly what they've done. And so... Maybe for those of you guys that have no idea what this is all about, or you see this thing and you're like, this it just creeps me out a little bit, here's, I know, I know. Hold on. Here's, here's the deal with the whole elf on the shelf, all right? The whole premise is Santa, who is real, sends elves down from the North Pole to live in houses with kids. And he watches them. He sits in a certain place in the house and he watches them and makes sure that, you know, they're doing what they're supposed to and they're eating their vegetables and brushing their teeth and listening to mom and dad. And then every night when the kids are asleep, he flies back up with his magical powers back up to the North Pole and he reports back to Santa all of the things that the kids have done that day. And then he flies back down and in time for the kids to wake up the next morning and he's in a different location and he watches them. Which is, just sounds weird. And so the, there's one magic rule that it goes on with the kids that they have to make sure they don't do. And that's don't ever touch the elf. Like I just did. And, um, and bad things happen. He loses his magic. And then you get nothing for Christmas. And, and all that. It's just, it's really sad and, and warped. Now here's the thing. Uh, my, my family and I have done this for like for the last five years. So you can judge us if you want. And how, you know, horrible we are because we, we have an elf. But... This is, this is something that we've kind of taken up, and the kid, our kids love it, and, you know, they're insane about Christmas, and Jad, our five-year-old especially, is, you know, wears Santa hats in July, and he's all about Santa, and he's going to be devastated when he finds out, and uh, if any of you tell him tonight, I will hurt you. So, but that's the whole deal, all right? And that's, that's kind of where it's, where it's come from, is this big, this big kind of tradition that's just taken, uh, taken over the nation, all right? It's crazy. Now, here's the thing. This is, so that gives you an idea of where we got this from. But this series itself has nothing to do with elves. 
And I know some of you guys may be disappointed by that, but it has nothing to do with elves. This, this series that we're in actually has to do with something much different than elves. This, just to kind of set up where we're going over the next few weeks, this is a series all about surrender. All right, it's all about surrender. That's what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. And so what we're going to be doing is just really talking a lot about how, how often we get in the way of what Jesus wants for us. And how the greatest amount of joy and the greatest amount of freedom is experienced when we are willing to give up our right to ourselves. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. Now I want to start by, by making this statement, okay? I believe that there's a little bit of selfishness in all of us. Actually, let me take that back. I believe that there's a lot of selfishness in all of us. I know there's a lot of selfishness in me. And so I I really believe that more than anything else, what prevents us from living the kind of life that God wants for us is is a a four-letter word that starts with the letter S. And it's the word self. Some of you guys were thinking it was a different word. The word self, all right? That, that word right there, the word self, that is the thing that gets in the way and prevents us from living the kind of life that God wants for us. In fact, I believe that self is the great enemy to our life in Christ. All right, if you guys want to write that down, I really believe that self is the great enemy to our life in Christ. It prevents us from experiencing and living the kind of life that Jesus wants for us to live and to experience. Now, no time of year really perpetuates that or or highlights that more than the time of year that we're in right now. All right, it's Christmas. It's time for us to be selfish. All right, and and I don't really have to use anything else to, to make my point other than to say Black Friday. Now, how many of you guys, in all honesty, you went Black Friday shopping? Come on, don't be, holy cow. All right. So a lot of you guys, cool. Now, I'm not here to judge or guilt guilt you for for doing that or whatever. That's totally cool. If you guys are brave enough to, to go out Black Friday shopping or Black Thursday night shopping now, then God bless you. All right, but here's the thing. If you guys have, for those of you guys that have been out, you know this to be true. Black Friday is complete chaos. If you drive anywhere near the mall or any kind of shopping area, you're in deep trouble. All right, it is complete craziness. And if you want to know exactly how crazy it is, maybe you've never been out, just go pull up YouTube and look at some of the videos of the insanity that happens on Black Friday. All right, which I've actually done for the last few days. And, um, and we, what we did is we put a couple of video clips together to show you, all right? And um, so I want you to take a look. Now, some of you guys are probably hoping that you're not on one of these clips that we're about to show. But I want you guys to, to watch this video. Just take a look at this Black Friday insanity. Now, how jacked up is that? They go from throwing fists to she straight up tased another girl. What the heck is wrong with people? And I hope, I hope that one of you weren't the one that just got tased or was tasing. Like, how insane is that? How many of you guys have been Black Friday shopping and you've seen that kind of chaos? You've seen a fight or hopefully you weren't in a fight. 
People got to get their sweaters, you know. Get it $25 off. Now, think about the insanity of this, all right? Listen, this is so ironic, all right? Listen to me. Think about how ironic this is. Thanksgiving night, we gather around the table and talk about how thankful we are for what we have. And then a few hours later, we're running over people to get what we don't have. Like, how insane is that? That is complete chaos, complete craziness. But that, I mean, we go from thankfulness to selfishness awfully fast, don't we? Now, here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not trying to get a guilt. Again, I'm not trying to guilt any of you guys. If you go Black Friday shopping, that's totally fine. I'm not trying to make you feel bad for doing that. But that is, in a lot of ways, that's symbolic of the level of selfishness that's in our culture now. And all of us, to a certain degree, get caught up in that, at this, especially at this time of year. I mean, it's, it's very easy for us to go, man, I, I'm going to make this time of year about me. What is it that I want? What am I going to use my money to buy me? What, what kind of stuff do I want to get? I mean, we make it about ourselves, And if we're not careful, before we know it, we've, th- this has become a season that has turned into fulfilling our selfish ambition and our desires and all of the things that we want or we feel like we need. Now, the sad thing about this is that it is completely, it goes completely against the reason that Jesus stepped foot on earth in the first place. I mean, for us, what, what the Christmas season is supposed to be all about, about the Messiah coming to be with us, coming to us, is the complete opposite. I mean, it's completely selfless. There's no selfishness involved in that. I mean, it is, it is such a great example and a picture of the level of selflessness that God d- demonstrated to us. Now, if you guys have your Bibles, I want you to open up real quick to uh, Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to read for just a minute about the, the purpose for the Christmas story and the reason why Jesus came. So Matthew chapter 1 Start at verse 18. Here's what it says. It says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her fiance, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, the, the story of Christmas is such a great picture of selflessness. I mean, it's Jesus, Emmanuel, coming to be with us, coming to live in, with us. It is God in the flesh. It's the creator coming to live with the created. And I'm thinking if, if I was God and I was putting this whole thing together and, and what a big deal this is and how this changed everything, the Messiah is coming. I would have made this such a, a bigger deal than God made this. 
I mean, I would have made sure that the Messiah was born in this palace, and it was this huge deal, and there were, there were other kings and everything that gathered around and worshipped him, and it was this big celebration, and there were people from all over the world that would come and would worship him and would see this incredible thing, that the Messiah is here. I mean, I would make this such a big deal. And it almost, it seems weird because we read this and we're like, Jesus wasn't born into any of that. I mean, it wasn't about a palace. There wasn't a bunch of pomp and circumstance. There wasn't this great parade or any of this great celebration that happened. Not many people knew about it. It was in this obscure part of the world that really not, not many people were aware of. And what makes it so incredible is that rather than a palace, God chose a stable. That Jesus couldn't even be born in, a, in someone's house, even a modest house, that it had to be this nasty stable that was probably smelled of, an, of animal crap. And he was born in a, in a manger, laid in this manger that, that, that animals ate out of. I mean, it's just, just not a great picture. And you think, this is the king of kings. This is the Messiah. This is the one who is coming to be the savior of the world. And it's such an incredible picture of humility and selflessness. That God sent his son Jesus, that he came to take on our sins and our guilt and our punishment. That it, rather than it being a, a selfish act, I mean, that, there's no selfishness involved when someone's coming and taking someone else's sins and someone else's punishment. I mean, it's such an incredible act of selflessness. And it runs against what we would think would make sense. And yet when you think about it, it's such a beautiful picture. That almighty God came to serve and to give his life away. So that's the picture of Christmas, right? That's the Christmas story, the Messiah. That's what we're supposed to celebrate. So how is it that we've gotten it so backwards? How is it that we've turned that picture and that story, and when you, when you read that and when you think about it, how incredible it is, and we've turned that into Black Friday, and destroying people and tasing other people because they took the last sweater. Like, how is it that we've gotten it so backwards? Here's, here's the reason why. Because self always gets in the way and tries to pervert what Jesus wants for us. Always. And what, what I want to make sure the main goal for us tonight is to understand and be able to identify the problem. The problem for all of us is self. Self will always jump in and will try to pervert or change or redirect what Jesus plans for us, what Jesus wants for us. Always, without fail, there are no exceptions to that. Self gets in the way of what God wants for us. And it will try to tweak it and change it. And what could be a beautiful picture and and what uh, maybe God's beautiful plan for us, self will come along and it will change it and it will try to to make it about ourselves. It will try to to make sure that we're the ones that benefit from it, that we're the ones that gain. And it doesn't matter what it is, self will, will, no matter what the plan is, will try to jump in and make, no matter how great of a plan it is that Jesus has, and make it about us. That's why I said at the beginning that self is the great enemy to our life in Christ. Because it will always try to redirect or disrupt or change or pervert the plans that Jesus has.
Now, that's what happens at Christmas. All right, and that's why we, you know, we get this Jesus, this incredible symbol of hope and selflessness, and all of a sudden it turns into presents and elves and, you know, making money and this whole, like, American commercialism thing. Now, again, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying any of that stuff's bad or wrong, but I do want to challenge all of us with this. What we've got to do is be very careful with the attitude, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? And I wonder how often that thought or that attitude creeps in and dictates the things that we do. What's in it for me? Maybe it's a relationship that we're in, or maybe it's what we do at school or the the people that we associate with, or maybe it's even our relationship with Christ. And we make decisions all the time based on, well, how am I gonna gain from this? How am I gonna benefit from this? And it's almost like we flipped it around and we look at Jesus like he's, the goal for him is rather than us following him, he's following us. And we kind of go, all right, God, what, you, you know, I'll follow you, but what, how am I going to benefit from this? How am I going to gain from this? What's in it for me? James gives us a, 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 very, a very serious warning in James chapter 3, verse 16. Here's what he says. He says, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. What James is saying is that the more we focus on self, the further away we get from what Jesus wants from us. That our selfish ambition actually leads to evil and to disorder. So the more we focus on ourselves, the less we seek God. And when we seek God or follow God or chase after God with anything less than our whole heart, it's a recipe for disaster. Following Jesus with anything less than your whole heart is really just doing your own thing and asking Jesus to tag along. And again, it becomes our relationship with Jesus becomes self-seeking. It becomes self-motivating, and we only do things if we feel like we're going to benefit or gain from it. But the challenge for us is that a selfish walk with Christ really is a non-existent walk with Christ. I mean, in all reality, if we allow selfishness to creep in, specifically to our relationship with Jesus. I mean, it's hard for us to go, yeah, I follow God and I love Jesus, and yet the only reason that we do things are for selfish reasons. We're always thinking about ourselves, And if that's the motivation for us following Jesus, then in reality what we have is a non-existent walk with Christ. Now, go back to the example that Jesus set. So we claim to love Jesus, and yet so often, sometimes our attitudes are selfish. We make decisions all the time based on how we're going to benefit. But if we're followers of Jesus, what we have to be willing to do is take on that same attitude and that same mindset that Jesus had. Now, to get an even clearer picture of what that looks like, listen to what Philippians chapter 2 says. Philippians chapter 2 Starting in verse three, here's what the Apostle Paul says. He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. 
You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, and he died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So if we are to claim that we are followers of Jesus, that we love him, that we're chasing after Jesus, then the challenge for us is we've got to take on that same mindset and that same attitude. And we've constantly got to keep in check this whole great enemy called self. Now, as we bring it back around to to this time of year, I mean, how different would this Christmas season look? If rather than us being so self-centered and so self-focused, we looked for opportunities to meet needs in other people's lives. How much of a greater impact could we make this year over the next few weeks if rather than thinking about, well, what do I want, what do I need, and what, how much can I benefit and gain from this, from this time? What if we, were, we reshifted our focus and we said, well, how can I meet an incredible need in someone else's life? What if I, at the expense of what I felt like I wanted, met somebody else's need? How differently would it look if we were willing to, as we've been talking about over the last few months, be willing to jump in and to bless somebody? I mean, hopefully every single week since we, um, we kicked off this school year, we've been talking about who are you blessing? Who are you blessing? What does this look like? How can we look for opportunities in the places that God has placed us to serve other people, especially those people who have no idea about God's love for them. What would that look like? And what an, what an even better time of year for us to do that than right now? When what the, the entire Christmas season is supposed to be all about, about selflessness, about following in the example that Jesus gave for us and serving other people, even if it means that our own desires don't get met. Now, over the course of this series, one of the things that we want to do is to be able to highlight a story from you guys of just the way, ways that you're serving other people and being selfless. And so I want to bring up a, a couple of girls right now. This is Macy Gentili. Did I mess it up? No, All right. And Katie Chavin. Did I get it? All right, so this is Macy and Katie, both juniors, right? And Macy, you go to Hill Grove. Katie, you're at East, correct? Okay. And, uh, and they're a part of, of Shannon and Rebecca's group. Now, Shannon had mentioned uh, to me a couple weeks ago about an opportunity that, um, that she had, had thrown out to her girls um, back before too long. And so you guys had an opportunity over the last few weeks and really over Thanksgiving, to meet a specific need in a, a single mom's life. Macy, go ahead and share what, you, what you've done over the last few weeks leading into Thanksgiving. We actually um, provided a whole Thanksgiving dinner for the mom and her two kids. Um, we 
completely gave them a turkey and everything. We've collected money for them too, and we've just been blessing them. That's awesome. That's very cool. And then now, Katie, you guys have not only did you, have you done that, but it didn't end even with Thanksgiving. I mean, over the last few weeks and even leading into Christmas, you guys have, have got some plans for the Christmas season too, right? Mm-hmm. Go ahead and share what, uh, what you guys have planned going forward. Um, the Christmas stuff we've gathered, we've gotten presents and clothes for um, the mom's children, and we've collected more food. We're going to keep collecting food, and we've kept raising money, and yeah. That's awesome. Now, here's, here's what I love about this. Um, Shannon had told me a few weeks ago that, hey, we just, we kind of, we saw this need. There was a single mom, um, and uh, we just saw this opportunity. And so we just, we tossed it out to the girls. What I love about this is that the, the students are the ones that have, have really taken the reins on it. I mean, Shannon and Rebecca have kind of backed off, and it's, it's you, you girls in that group who have really owned this and said, all right, let's do this, and what if we did this, and figured out what, what you can do to make an incredible difference in someone else's life. And I love that. I mean, and give it up for these girls for being willing to do that. Now, here's the thing. This doesn't become about Macy or, um, or Katie or any of the girls in that group. It's not about any of us. This is, this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This is if we claim that we love Jesus, if we sing songs, if we show up every single week, if this is what we say matters the most to us, then this becomes a way of life. It's not even something that we just go, oh, well, you know, it's Christmas. Maybe we should serve somebody this year. This is the way that we live every single day. We're looking all the time for opportunities to bless other people. Why? Because Jesus has done that for us. Jesus gave up everything for us. And how incredibly self-centered is it for us to receive all the benefits that Jesus had and take that incredible example of the cross and then turn it around and make it all about us? The reason that Jesus gave up everything for us and so for us to follow him is it so that we can then give everything away for him and meet the needs in other people's lives. Now here's the main point, and you guys can go ahead and grab a seat. Appreciate you guys doing that. Here's the main point for us tonight. The way we most reflect Jesus is not by living a selfish life, but a selfless life. The way we most reflect Jesus is not by our selfishness, but our selflessness. How different would it look if our lives were marked not by our selfishness, but by our willingness to serve other people? Now, here's what we wanted to to be able to do tonight is just to be able to identify that issue. Hey, self gets in the way. Self is the great enemy to our life in Christ. And we've got to be able to identify. And over the next couple weeks, what we're going to be able to do is just talk about what we can do to make sure that we're able not to, to be pulled aside from the life that Jesus has for us, but to kind of chip away at that selfishness and that arrogance and the self-centeredness and those desires that we have to kind of chip away at that. And it might potentially, and here's what I'm going to challenge you guys on, it might be painful. And it might not be easy for us to have these conversations, but at the end of the day, the goal is for our lives to look more like Jesus, And if we're to do that, then we've got to be able to identify and make sure that self does not get in the way of the life that God's called us to. 
Because self, that great enemy, will pull us away and it will pervert pervert all of those incredible plans that Jesus has for us. And the challenge for us is to remove self from the equation so that we can fulfill the commission and the mission that God has given us to fulfill. Let's pray. God, I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for this night. God, right off the bat, I admit, God, I'm, I am amazed at the level of selfishness in my own heart. God, for me to be honest enough, even to be able to up here communicating this, I have to take a very serious look at my own heart and realize in so many areas how incredibly self-centered I am. God, I confess that to you. God, I pray that you would challenge all of us with that question that we so often ask and make that the attitude, what's in it for me? God, I pray that you would challenge us, God, in areas of our life that we allow self-centeredness or selfishness to get in the way and to distract us and pull us away from the life and the plans that you have for us. God, I pray that you would reveal those areas, God, that we would be honest and open enough before you with those things that you already know. And we would be willing to do whatever it takes to remove self from the equation so that ultimately we can most reflect the life that you have for us. God, we love you. We thank you for who you are. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.